How many people are ready for God's Word? Let's, let's get into God's Word. I want to give a shout-out welcome to our online church, people in our city, province, nation, around the world that have joined in this morning. We are so honored that you've chosen to be a part of our service today. Well, we're in an eight-part fall sermon series that we're calling I Pray. And we're intentionally taking eight Sundays to explore the most amazing prayer that's ever been taught. It's a model prayer. It's actually eight prayers. We call it the Lord's Prayer, and we can read it in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. We started looking at, number one, the prayer of connection, our Father in heaven. And then we talked about the prayer of recognition, hallowed be your name. And then we talked about the prayer of surrender, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, then we, and then we talked about the prayer of cleansing, forgive us our debts. And then we talked about the prayer of dependence last Sunday, give us today our daily bread. Well, this morning we're going to zero in on a really challenging topic. We're going to talk about forgiveness. And we're going to talk for a few moments today about the prayer of release where Jesus said, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is a hard topic to talk about, but if we're honest today, every single one of us, many times in life, are going to be hurt. People hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And sometimes you get hurt intentionally. Sometimes you get hurt unintentionally. Sometimes uh, somebody said something, didn't say something, did something, or didn't do something. And sometimes it's something that happened way, way back in your childhood. Maybe it even happened as recently in the car on the way to church this morning. Maybe it happened in the lobby. Maybe it happened the last five minutes. But we, we can very easily live and walk in hurt. And today I want to talk to you about how you can find release, how you can find freedom, how you can build that bridge of grace and get over that hurt and move to the place of wholeness and healing. And so as we walk through this today, we're going to look at the story of the unforgiving servant. It's an amazing parable that Jesus gave. And the parable of the unforgiving servant is found in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, down to verse 35. And so I want to invite you to pull out your sermon notes. They are on the back of the bulletin. Or you can pull it up on your handheld device. And I want us to start by looking at verse 21 and verse 22. In verse 21 of Matthew 18, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister? who sins against me, up to seven times. Now, I want you to know that Peter was bragging here. I mean, he was gloating. He was trying to be big boy because he knew that the Jewish law said that the maximum times you have to forgive someone is three times. And if they offend you the fourth time, the Jewish law said you don't have to forgive them. Did you know that? That was in the ancient Jewish law. And so Peter is bragging, and Peter is gloating. He thought, I'll double that number, and I'll add one for good measure. And so I'm going to say to Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive someone? Up to seven times. And then Jesus answered with this amazing phrase, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. I mean, in essence, what Jesus was saying, if you've got to count, how many times you're forgiving, you're not really forgiving. Jesus teaches here that forgiveness must flow from the heart. And so this morning, I want to walk you through some teaching, three things. Number one, I want to talk to you first of all about this very important question. Why must I release those who have hurt me? Why must I forgive them? Why must I build that bridge of grace and get over the hurt and walk to the place of healing? Why must I forgive people who have hurt me intentionally or unintentionally? Why must I do this? The first reason is a very key reason, and I want to deal with this for a few moments. Number one, simply because, but greatly because, God has forgiven me. And I want to declare today, I really believe one of the reasons why believers in Jesus struggle with forgiving people is because they don't really fully comprehend that God has fully forgiven them. And if you don't understand that God has forgiven you, 
you will have difficulty forgiving other people. And so Jesus gives this parable. Let me read verse 23 down to verse 30. Jesus said in verse 23, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And so they understood kings in those days, and kings had servants. And I want you to picture the king calling all the servants who owed him money, owed him something to come into his presence. Look at verse 24. And as he began the settlement, there was this man who owed him him 10,000 bags of gold, 10,000 talents, 10,000 bags of gold were brought to him. I don't know about you, but that got my curiosity up. How much would this be in today's dollars? If we talked about this in today's dollars, this was a debt of $12 million. I don't know how we got into that debt, but he oh, he's a servant. He's not making lots of money, and he owed the big guy king $12 million. Now, here's the deal. He could never, ever ever, ever pay that off. I mean, even if he paid $1,000 a day for 30 years, he'd still have a huge debt load. He owed the king $12 million. Look at verse 25. In verse 25, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now, Bankruptcy in that culture was a lot simpler than bankruptcy in today. Here's what they would do. They'd throw the guy in jail, and they would sell his wife and his children into slavery. Horrible way to do it, but that's what they would do. They'd put you in jail, and they'd sell your wife, and they'd sell your children into slavery. That's, that's how they would do it. And so he's not able to pay it back, so the master says, I'm putting you in jail and I'm going to sell your wife, and I'm going to sell your children. And I I tell you, this is what we're going to do because you can't pay this back. Look at verse 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Be patient with me. Look at verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled the debt, and he let him go. Can you imagine if somebody today walked up to you after church and said, how much do you owe on your mortgage? I'm paying it in full. I'm canceling that debt. How much is your car payment? I'm paying for that car in full. Give me your MasterCard and your Visa card. I'm going to pay off every single debt. When is your school loan? I'm going to pay that off. How much do you owe the in-laws? I'm going to pay that off. Wouldn't that be a good day? Come on, wouldn't that be, come on, wouldn't that be a good day if somebody said, give me all your debts, all your bills, and I'm going to pay it in full. I'm going to pay it in full. I mean, a parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. In church, when you came to Christ, when you came to Christ, Jesus paid the debt in full for all of your sins. I mean, he paid the debt for your sins in full when he went to a cross some 2,000 years ago. And when you come to Jesus and you bring confession of your sin to him and you ask him into your life, he takes that sin and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And as far as the east is from the west, he doesn't hold it against you anymore. I think you need to get a little excited this morning. That's Come on, Woodville. That's the power of the forgiveness of our almighty God. And that's what happened in an earthly sense in this parable. He wiped off the debt of 12 million dollars. You don't have to go to jail. I'm not going to sell your children and your wife into slavery. I'm, I'm taking care of the debt in full. But when I read this parable, I come to verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him just a hundred silver coins or a hundred or hundred denarii. And I wanted to know what that was. This, this might shock you. But the grand total, the grand total of 100 silver coins in those days in today's currency is $17. Not even a $20 bill. I mean, the big guy king wipes away the debt of $12 million, $12 million. And he, he has somebody who owes him $17 and he grabs him. And he began to choke him. Now, you may not know this, but in the Roman culture, 
and I'm glad I'm not in a Roman culture, but in a Roman culture in those days, if somebody owed you money, the Roman law says you can choke them by the neck. It's like you're trying to squeeze the money out of them. I mean, big guy king wipes away the debt of $20 million, and his friend's servant owes him all of $17, and he grabs him by the neck, and he begins to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And I've read that parable so many times, and I wondered, why, why, help me understand why the king forgives him of $20 million debt, and he won't forgive the guy of a $17 debt. Now, I might be wrong, but I might be right. I just wonder if he really believed that the king had really forgiven him of the debt. I wonder if he wasn't convinced that the king wasn't going to come back and say, you know what, I told you I wiped away the debt, but I've changed my mind, and I'm, I'm going to put you in prison. I wonder if he truly trusted and understood that the king had fully forgiven. I want to suggest to you today that he didn't trust what the king said. He didn't accept the king's forgiveness. He didn't fully understand the king's forgiveness. So he's running around choking people over $17 to, just in case the king comes back. Look at verse 29. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Look at verse 30. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. You see, when you feel unforgiven, you tend to be unforgiving. And so I want to declare to you today, I want to declare why, why, why do we need to pray the prayer of release? Why do we need to forgive the one who has hurt us? It's because God has forgiven us. God has, and we need to do what God has done for us. We need to do for others so that we can walk not in the bondage of unforgiveness, but we can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. Paul said to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. Number one, why do you need to pray the prayer of release? Why do you need to forgive? Because God has forgiven you. But then there's number two. Because I've learned this the hard way. Resentment and unforgiveness and grudges is a self-torture. It is a self-inflicted wound. It's like making a drink of poison for somebody else, but drinking it yourself. I mean, it, it, puts, you, it puts you in a prison. It, it, it grips your mind and it grips your soul, and it messes with you, and it hinders you, and it holds you, uh, holds you back, and it eats you up on the inside. I want to read to you verse 31 down to verse 34 of this parable. Verse 31, when the other servants saw what had happened, they, they were outraged. Can you blame them? Like, come on, man. King just forgave you of $20 million, and you won't forgive this guy for $17. And they're, they're pretty angry. And so they went and they told their master everything that had happened. In verse 32, then the master called the servant in. Notice what he called him, you wicked servant. Underline the word wicked. It's a strong word, but I believe God wants to say something to me and you today that he looks at us with the word wicked when we don't forgive. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Look at verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Look at verse 34. In anger. I mean, it's righteous anger. God, God has righteous anger when we walk in unforgiveness. He handed this man over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And I studied the word jailer in the original Greek. And the original Greek word for jailer means torturer. He was handed over to the jailer, the torturer, to be tortured until he pay back all his debt. Hear me this morning, friend. 
when you choose not to forgive that one who has hurt you, when you choose to walk in unforgiveness, you will be tortured on the inside. If you go to a medical doctor, they'll tell you if you eat the wrong food, it's going to affect your blood pressure. It's going to affect your cholesterol. It's going to affect your blood counts. It might lead to heart disease. It might lead to diabetes. But in the spiritual realm, when you are unforgiving, it's not about what you eat that gets you. It's, it's about what eats you that gets you. And there's people today, doctors say, that because of unforgiveness and bitterness, it's taken a deep root in their life. And it's caused their blood pressure to go up. It's caused them to get diabetes. It's caused them to have heart disease. It's caused them physical illness because of their unforgiveness. And I meet people all the time, all the time, more than you can imagine, that are being tortured in their mind because they're not letting go of the hurt. People can only hurt you today when you allow them to hurt you today. The hurt from the past can only hurt you today if you allow it to hurt you. And there's people sitting here this morning that you're still walking in unforgiveness. You're still walking in bitterness and it's taken a deep root and you're like in a prison in your mind and in your soul and you're being tormented and it's eating you up on the inside. It's causing you to have sleepless nights. It's causing you to to have physical manifestation. I'm here to say to you today, God wants to bring freedom in the house today. God wants to bring freedom in the house today. Let me take you to the book of Job. Job chapter 5 verse 2. Listen to this. Resentment kills a fool. I mean, resentment can emotionally kill you. It can spiritually deplete you. Now, let me read to you Job 21, verse 23, down to verse 25. These are powerful verses. One person dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, well nourished in body, in bones, rich with marrow. But another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. I'm asking you today, what hurtful memory is holding you back? What hurtful, painful thing in your past has caused you to be in a jailer's chamber that is crippling you on the inside that you, you can't seem to get over, you can't seem to find freedom from? What, what is getting you today? You see, why we need to forgive is because resentment is a self-torture. But then there's number three. The third reason why I need to forgive is because, let's be honest, I'm going to need forgiveness every day of my life. I mean, God has forgiven me. I need to receive his forgiveness, and I need to give that forgiveness. I need to give what he's given to me. If he has forgiven me, I need to learn to forgive others. I need to learn to offer that forgiveness. I need to learn to pray that prayer of release. I need to learn to let it go. Let me read to you verse 35. It's a powerful verse. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you. I mean, this, he's, he's given you the application of the parable. He's given you the that The man who would not forgive the debt for $17, but was forgiven the debt of, of millions of dollars, is chucked into a jailer's prison. And he's tormented for the rest of his life. God says, this is how the Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister. Not from your head, but notice this, from your heart. And if I can be honest, sometimes we we live in intellectual forgiveness. Yeah, I forgave. It does not bother me anymore. Really? You see, there's a difference between intellectual forgiveness and heart forgiveness. When it's heart forgiveness, you let it go. You give it to God. You walk in freedom. You don't hold a grudge. You don't let someone's actions any longer negatively affect you. You don't let someone's words that were spoken over you no longer affect you anymore. You see, you don't have to let someone else's words control your day. You can find the freedom that is found in God Almighty. And that's why it says you've got to forgive from your heart. And I'm here to say to you, forgiveness needs to be constant. And forgiveness needs to be continual. And forgiveness needs to be a daily part 
of our lives. Let me read to you Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Those are strong words. But Jesus is saying what he has done for us, we must do for others. So I want to take you now to some application. And number two, you're you're not going to say man. You might say ouch. I, I want to give you today four brief forgiveness tests. Four brief forgiveness tests that I want you to ask yourself. Number one is the blame test. When something goes wrong in your life, who are you quick to blame? Who do you blame the most for your unhappiness in life? I meet people all the time. Well, I'm, I'm this way because of what happened, because of that person, the blame test. Who are you most likely to blame for your problems, for your unhappiness, for your losses? What, what, is it your parent? Is it your ex? Is it your son? Is it your daughter? Is it your neighbor? Is it your boss? Is it some, who is it? Is it your uncle? Who is it you're most likely to blame for your unhappiness in life? And then there's number two, the rehearsal test. And the rehearsal test is who's, who's the first person that comes to your mind when you think of somebody has hurt you? Now, now I've got to be honest. Every one of us today, at some point in our life, will have some hurt that maybe we have kept secret in our heart. And, and, and that name keeps being rehearsed in our mind. What name do you keep rehearsing? What name keeps coming to your mind? What name do you keep thinking about? What name is on your mind when you're, you're feeling down? What, what name do you keep? What name does the devil keep putting in front of you? The, re, the rehearsal test. Then there's number three, the scoreboard test. Who do you keep a score on? Well, I won't forget what they did. That's the fourth time they've done that. They did this, they did this, they did that, and now they're doing this. Who do you keep the score on? Who do you become historical about? Not hysterical about, but historical about. Who do you keep a scoreboard on? Number one, the blame test. Number two, the rehearsal test. And number three, the scoreboard test. But then there's number four, the reminder test. Have you ever displaced your hurt? That when you meet someone, something they say or do triggers a hurt from the past? Might be a name. You ever met someone and they've got the name of somebody that hurt you in the past and because they've got the same name of the person that hurt you, you don't like that person who's got the same name? I mean, I'm a pastor. I've had people transfer their hurt to me. I've had people over my journey as a pastor say some pretty cruel things over the years. And I don't take it personally. You've got, you got to walk with thick skin but a tender heart. And I'm here to say today, there's many Christians that need to learn to have a thick skin but a tender heart. Thick skin means I'm not going to let somebody else's words get into my spirit. I'm going to be like water off a duck's back. Tender heart means I now understand when somebody hurts me, they're hurting themselves. Hurt people hurt people, right? And there's some of you today, you're still living and you're still walking and you're camped in unforgiveness. I want to give you a definition of forgiveness. It's not in your notes. But I want to give you the definition that I've used over and over again, that forgiveness is a decision that I make. It's a choice that I make to live in a high spiritual realm that I choose to no longer let somebody else's actions or words negatively affect me anymore. I'm not going to let my past control my present. I'm going to build a bridge of grace and move from hurt to healing. Now, there's some of you today, 
You've not built that bridge of grace. You've not walked to that place of forgiveness. You've not made that choice because you've not fully understood that God forgives you. Now, some of you are sitting here today like, Mark, Mark, does it mean if I forgive them that they get off scot-free? If I forgive them, does that mean what they did wasn't real? If I forgive them, does that minimize the pain? Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you walking in freedom. I can promise you today, if there's a name that's bothering you right now, they're not thinking about the hurt that they've inflicted upon you. I can promise you today that there's a devil that wants you to remain locked in the prison of unforgiveness. But I can declare today, there's a Jesus that's real, that wants to kick out the bars of the gate of that prison and take you from bondage into freedom. Somebody say amen today. He wants you not to walk in the jail chamber of unforgiveness, of a hurt from the past. I believe today is the day of the victory of Jesus Christ, and Jesus wants this set you free, and Jesus is going to help you to posture yourself to begin the journey of moving towards forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is not, well, I'm just going to say it. No, forgiveness is a lifestyle, and I believe God just wants you to posture your heart not towards unforgiveness, but I believe God wants to take you and I today and posture our face and our hearts towards the journey of forgiveness that the claw of bitterness will be uprooted in Jesus. Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. I really believe that's what God wants to do in this place today. So the four forgiveness tests, the blame test, the rehearsal test, the scoreboard test, the reminder test. I want to close this message today with three things very briefly. How do I, how do I release my hurt? How do, I, how do I live this out, Mark? How, how do I walk in freedom? And these aren't profound truths. They're simple truths. But I'm convinced if you start to walk in these and you start moving towards these, the freedom's going to come. Number one, you've got to learn to leave it to God. You've got to leave the hurt with God. You've got to not choose to live out revenge. You've got to learn to just walk in forgiveness, offer forgiveness, and leave it to God. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You gotta leave it. You gotta leave it. You gotta leave it to God. I've had memories of my childhood, things that happened in my school, things that happened to me when I was in Bible school, things that happened to me when I was a young man in the ministry. And even things that have happened in the last few years in my life, that if I allowed it, the claw of unforgiveness would grip into my life. I've had people say things, do things that have been so hurtful, but I'm not going to own the hurt. I'm not going to receive the hurt. I'm not going to let the hurt take a root in my life. I'm going to allow the spirit of the living God to keep me living a clean life from unforgiveness. I'm, going to, I'm just going to leave it with God because I now understand that hurt people hurt people. And I now put on a lens that when someone says something to me that hurts or they do something to me that hurts, hurt people hurt people. And I begin to pray for the one that's trying to hurt me. And I don't let the devil put unforgiveness in my life. I'm learning to leave it with God. Leave it with God. Leave it at the foot of the cross. Leave it in the hands of our God so that I won't walk and live in unforgiveness. I want to live a long time. I don't want my blood pressure to go up because of unforgiveness. I don't want any heart disease because of unforgiveness. I want to walk in health and wholeness physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I want to walk free. I want to receive God's forgiveness and what he's done for me. I want to do for others. And I want the same for everybody in this place today. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Yeah. Number two, heal it with grace. God's grace can bring healing. Somebody gave me a little plaque, and I, it's kind of funny. I had to live out the message yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to my office, and it's a little wooden plaque, and it says, build a bridge and get over it. I like that. Build a bridge and get over it. 
And I'm looking for it, and I couldn't find it in my office, and I'm getting angry yesterday because I couldn't find it. Well, where is it? Who, who moved this on me? Where's this? And I'm going, I think I need to live out my message and build a bridge and get over it because I couldn't find it. And I started to laugh. I just started to laugh. I mean, I mean, I mean, tell you, church, God wants to build a grace. Now, now I'm going to read you a verse. I'm going to make a couple of statements here. So let me read the verse. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defiles many. Now listen to me. Bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and grudges can be generational. Bitter parents can produce bitter children. Am I right? Bitter parents can sow bitterness into the children. Some of you were raised in a home that, that there was so much unforgiveness, and, and I'm very sad to say this, that some of you have had parents that went to the grave with the bitter root of unforgiveness. Some of you were raised by an angry dad, an angry man, mom. You were raised by a parent that you could never please. I could promise you they've got hurts in their life, and I can guarantee you one of the roots is unforgiveness. Now, here's the word today. Just because bitterness can defile many, and it can become a generational thing that gets passed on. How many people are glad that we've got a Jesus who can break the generational curse in Jesus' name? Come on, how many people are glad for that? I think it's time that the church turns the tide and changes it from bitterness and unforgiveness to blessing and grace and love and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm here to say to you that your healing from your bitterness is found in the grace of our Almighty God. I'm here to declare to you today, Jesus can pour out the oil of freedom in his grace and set you free from your unforgiveness. I'm here to say to you today, whomsoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And there's some of you today, this is, I'm, I'm going to mess in your kitchen for a moment. There's some of you today, your, 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 your life is like a house. And your house is filled with memories. And some of those memories are good. But there's some of you sitting here right now, there's a dark room in the house of your memories. And the door has been closed for years. And you don't want to open the door because the hurt is so deep. And the hurt is so painful. And you've shut the door on that hurt. You've shut the door on that occurrence. You've shut the door on the words or that, that action. Maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe, I don't know what it was. I don't, but, but I feel the Spirit of the Lord been saying to me this week that there's some dark rooms in the memory house of people sitting here this morning. But I got a word for you today. I got a word for you today. You might be afraid to open that door. But I feel the Lord saying to me that Jesus is going to unlock that door. And he's going to unlock that door. But Get ready, get ready. He's not asking you to walk into that room. He's going to walk into that room in front of you. And he's going to take you by the hand. And he's going to bring freedom from the darkness of unforgiveness and hurt that's in the room. And he's going to set you free this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. That room is dark. But Jesus, the light of the world, wants to step into the dark room. And bring freedom. Somebody shout amen in the house this morning. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house this morning. The final thing I want to say to you, it's not profound. You got to nail it to the cross. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could preach for another five hours, but I'm not going to put you through that. And my theme would be the power of the cross of Jesus. I tell you, my friends, to some, the cross was a stumbling block. To others, the cross was offensive in Jesus' day. But to you and I, it's the power of every believer. There's power in the cross of Jesus Christ. And you need to take that hurt and nail it to the cross of Jesus. Jesus died for that hurt. Nail it to the cross of Jesus. Jesus took that hurt to the grave. And Jesus was raised to life from the death of that hurt. And so the Bible says in Colossians 2, 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it 
to the cross. Hallelujah. If I could wrap up this message today, I've got a word for everyone in this place today. Jesus wants to go into that dark room and he wants to set you free today. And whomsoever the Son sets free is free. I said, whomsoever the Son sets free is free indeed. As long, as long as I have breath, I'm going to tell everybody who would listen, you don't have to stay in the prison jail of unforgiveness. Jesus wants to set you free. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to trust the person again. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you've got to be in relationship with the person again. Forgiveness doesn't even mean reconciliation. But we are always called to total forgiveness. Total restoration and reconciliation is another sermon. I'm just here to say to you today, walk in total forgiveness. And you will walk around feeling so clean and so free on the inside. Who's hurt you? Was it your boss? Was it a church? Was it a pastor? Was it even me? Was it your ex? Is it your spouse? Is it your neighbor? Is it your brother? Is it your sister? Is it your grandma? Is it your grandpa? Who's hurt you? The power of this message today is to no longer let your past control your present. And when you walk in freedom, your future is brighter than your past. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate our Lord today. Celebrate. Celebrate our Lord today. I want you to stand to your feet if you're able to stand. And I want to invite the band to come and join me on the platform. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I'm asking that no one would leave unless it's absolutely, absolutely urgent. I believe that the Spirit of the living God has a spiritual work that He wants to do right now in this place. I feel the Lord saying to me that there's a large number of people standing here today that if you're honest, there is a hurt. Hurts don't come from things. Hurts come from people. And there's someone right now that's come to your mind that's hurt you by what they've done, what they said, what they didn't do, or what they didn't say or did say. Whether it was intentional or non-intentional, you're carrying the hurt. And there's some of you today that hurt is locked in that dark room in your memory house. Some of you, the hurt is as recent as today, but there's some of you today that hurt goes way back, way back to your childhood. And I really believe in my spirit that there's a lot of people standing here today. If you're honest and if you're transparent, there's hurt, there's a residue. There's a deep hurt or a small hurt, but hurt is hurt. Jesus wants to set you free. And I felt the Lord say to me to do something this morning. And Brad, we, I don't know what song's going through your mind, but I, I just believe the Lord's going to use you as you just lead us in this song. And here's what I feel the Lord saying. To open this altar and ask anybody and everybody in this place who's carrying a hurt and you want to be free to leave where you're standing and come and stand at this altar. And as Pastor Brad begins to lead us, I believe as you begin to come, I believe something's going to happen in the spirit realm. I, I feel that there's going to be a freedom that's going to come. We're going to leave it with God. We're going we're to make a choice this morning that we're going to no longer let somebody else's actions or words negatively affect us anymore. We're going we're gonna to posture ourselves towards the journey of forgiveness. Jesus, I, some of you right now, you're thinking, I can't do this. No, you can't do it in the flesh, but you can do it in the spirit. And God's going to help you to walk and live in forgiveness. This is just the beginning point. This is the start of the journey. But you've got to take the first step. And I really believe that God, by His Spirit, 
is going to bring freedom in the house this morning. Everybody say the word freedom. One, two, three. Freedom. Come on, everybody say freedom. One, two, three. Freedom. So as Brad just begins to lead us, I believe Holy Spirit is going to do a deep and an inner work. A deep and an inner work. And I think as your pastor, even as I've been preaching, I'm feeling right now in my mind a little residue of hurt that I'm still carrying. And I'm going to be the first to come and stand at this altar. Because as your pastor, I don't want to walk and live in any unforgiveness. I want to walk and I want to live in freedom. I, I, I want to walk and I want to live in freedom. So Spirit of the living God, just come right now in the house and set us free. Set us free. We're, we're going to build a bridge of grace. You built the bridge of grace, God, and we're going to walk over it. And we're going to walk from hurt to healing this morning. And we're going to nail it to the cross. And we're going to leave it with God. So Jesus, I'm asking you to bring freedom in the house right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
going to sing that song one more time, Pastor. I just felt the Lord saying to me that it's your choice this morning. You can stay with those chains of unforgiveness. You can stay. You see, the devil wants you to think that your journey today is better than the freedom that God wants to give you. The devil wants you to minimize the pain and minimize the hurt and minimize the action, to minimize the word. And I just feel the Lord saying to me that there's some of you today, like, I, I don't need this. It's, it wasn't a big deal. I, I'm big boy. I'm big girl. I can do this on my own. You can't. And it's your choice to stay with the chain of unforgiveness that I promise you will cripple you, hinder you, and hold you back from God's destiny and God's future. I'm declaring today that Jesus wants to bring freedom. So, Pastor Brad, I just feel we need to sing it one more time before we go. And just lift your hands, church. Lift your hands. Lifting your hands is like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not letting the chain hold me down. I'm not letting the chain hold me down. I feel the Lord saying to me, there's, 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 there's some of you standing here, there's still a little bit of residue of the hurt, the pain. And, and then just, I, I believe the residue, the pain, and the hurt is going to come off, and there's going to be freedom. So sing it again. Let the freedom of God's grace flow. Sing that again, Amazing Grace. sin to the cross of Jesus he fully forgives you my chains are gone my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy just just before we go lift your hands and sing it again my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flow His mercy Sing it one more time. My chains are gone. My chains My are gone. Chains are cool. I've been set free. 
morning, God, I'm asking that you would seal the work by your spirit that you have done this morning in this place. That God, when these wonderful people walk out, that they wouldn't walk back to unforgiveness, but they would walk in forgiveness. That God, that we would walk in the freedom that you have done this morning. I pray the residue of unforgiveness would be gone and broken in the name of the Lord. So God, every day that we get up, we're going to choose to walk in forgiveness. Every day we get up, we're going to choose to walk in forgiveness. Come on, church. Every day we get up, God, help us to choose to walk in forgiveness. It's a choice. And I pray your blessing and your grace upon everyone in the house this morning. May we walk out free in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Now, 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 before you go, I just feel the Lord saying we need to do this. I choose to walk in forgiveness. Can you say that with me? I choose to walk in forgiveness. It's a choice. Every day you get up, I choose to walk in forgiveness. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God Almighty. Give a clap offering of praise. Pastor Brad, lead us in that song. God bless you. Have a great week. Was grace that my heart. Great.